How are you guys? Good. All right. So you have to use a little bit of creativity with me this morning. So we're going to kind of take a minute. We're going to slow down and just kind of reflect on our day. But, you know, and then I'm going to just kind of lead you into a little mental exercise. So take a deep breath, close your eyes and just let's just take a minute to pause before the Lord. Now, I want you to take a minute and imagine yourself sitting in the upper room. You're with 10 other people, 11 of the 12 disciples. Judas has just gotten up to leave the table. And you're all sitting around and Jesus uh, begins to, to speak. Now, imagine with me if you were one of those disciples and you were had been living with Jesus for the last several years. Let me ask you a question. Would you rather hold on to Jesus and be able to live your life with Jesus, to be able to watch him, to be able to see his mannerisms, to be able to hear his accent, to be able to sit under his teaching, to watch how he interacts with people, to listen to what he has to say? To dialogue and encounter with him every day. To be able to look into his eyes. To be able to, to hear the words that he wants to say to you. To be able to interact with him and him share his love with you. And I lead you into that image to, the, to lead you to this question. Would you rather have Jesus or the Holy Spirit in your life? On a daily basis. You can open your eyes now. Would you rather have Jesus to live with on a daily basis or would you rather have his spirit? John sixteen seven, Jesus says, it is better for you that I go because when I go, I will send the helper, the spirit, the advocate. And I think most of us, if we imagine that picture that, you know, we just kind of stepped into using our imagination, we would look at that moment, say, oh, my gosh, I would love to be in that room. I would love to be able to look into the eyes of this man that I love, who who in the coming days after that moment in the upper room gave his life for me that I could have eternity with the father and, and himself. I would love to be able to sit in that room and I'm with you in that. But if Jesus said it is better for you that I go then we have to believe in that truth and that reality. That it is better for us that he left so that he could send his spirit and that we could receive his spirit. This is Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost comes from this, this 50 days, right? This 50, this, this, this 50 days, this seven weeks after Passover, and it's after the crucifixion, the resurrection, and here we are going into Pentecost. And, and what we see happening in Pentecost in, in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Again, the disciples were gathered together. And when the day of Pente- Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. 
And they went out and preached boldly the gospel of Jesus Christ, sharing the good news of who he was and speaking in 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 the language in languages that they did not know before that moment, that the spirit empowered them to speak a language that they did not know that people from all over that had gathered together in Jerusalem could hear the story and hear the miraculous reality that Jesus Christ suffered and died and is resurrected is seated at the right hand of the Father, and we can give our lives to Him and enter into a life for eternity. It is better for you that I go, He says, so that you can receive my Spirit. And what happened in Acts 2, what happened in that moment when the disciples are gathered back again some 50 days later, the Spirit just opens up the heavens and pours Himself out into the lives of these men and fills them. You see, Pentecost goes back to this, this old Jewish custom, this, this feast of weeks, they called it. Again, it was seven weeks past, post Passover, where they would gather together and have a, a two day feast, a two day time of celebrating the opening of the heavens of Moses receiving the Ten Commandments on, on, on Mount Sinai. Jeremiah 31, verse 33. This is the covenant. I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Ezekiel 36, 26 and 27. I will give you a new heart and put a put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your old heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. This had been prophesied about that one day the spirit, the heavens are going to open and the spirit is going to be given. And we would no longer need these laws written on the tablets, that there would be the law based on the spirit of God coming and living in our lives and governing our lives to obey Jesus commands. Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit in this passage that we looked at in John chapter 16. He's like this advocate, this helper. Like it is better for you that that I go because he is going to come and and he's going to give you things that I have to share with you. I've literally heard it said I grew up in a in a very traditional church as a kid. And and for me, that Christianity for a season of my life was was more about a moral standard or a moral code code to live by. And my senior year, my senior year college, God just flipped my life upside down where I came to engage and interact with and discover this spirit that he's placed inside of me. And it changed my life forever. You see, the spirit comes and he brings life. He comes and brings transformation. He comes and brings hope. He comes and brings brings direction. He comes and brings help. He comes and brings counsel. The very same spirit that. That raised Jesus from the dead is available for you and for me. And this is Pentecost Sunday. This is the day that we get to focus on and talk about and worship and engage the reality that God, the Father, sent the Son. And the Son lived his life to glorify the Father. I've heard it said, you know, in, in a church that I grew up in, you know, you know, people talk about this Holy Spirit stuff. Just give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. The Holy Spirit stuff gets kind of weird. I'm just going to stay focused on Jesus. And by that very statement, they're going against the very words of Jesus. By that very statement, they're holding on to say, you know, I just want Jesus. I just want to be able to walk with him. I just want to be able to focus on him. 
when Jesus said, it is better for you that I go, because when I go, the spirit that I want to give to you, I can send. Romans chapter eight, Paul says, unless we have the spirit of God, we do not belong to Christ. A person that has yet to receive the spirit, a person that has yet to receive Jesus Christ does not belong to Christ. There's this reality of this spirit being a seal over our lives, that he is the thumbprint. He is the seal over who we are that invites us to live life in eternity with Jesus. So if you chose Jesus, then that's a good thing. But you choose Jesus by receiving from him the truth that he gave and saying yes and amen to your ways. If you say it's better for me to receive your spirit, then give me your spirit in abundance. Because just as the son came and lived his life and never focused on himself, but he lived his life to glorify the father. So the spirit comes to live inside you and me and make everything about Jesus. The son sent the spirit and the spirit wants to glorify Jesus and the father. And if it's the role of the spirit never to bring glory to himself, but to bring glory to to the man that we love, to the man who was crucified, dead and buried and is resurrected, sitting at the right hand of the father. If his very purpose and very role and the passion that beats within who he is, is about to glorify Jesus, then give me the Holy Spirit. Because by choosing that that fork in the road to say, oh, I just give me Jesus and leave me apart, then you've stepped outside the truths of Scripture. And you've rejected God. Now, for some of you, that may be an odd teaching. But I just present you the scriptures before us. I just present to you the very words of Christ. You know, a lot of um, a lot of what a talk that kind of goes on in the church and different things that are being said about the spirit, you know, is is one thing. I think that, you know, the spirit being absent is clearly the case in some you know, church camps or some religious camps, you know, the reality is that there is this spirit to be embraced as Jesus is, is promising him and as he comes to live inside of us. So, you know, I want to begin by looking at what this uh, what this Jesus, what this spirit, excuse me, what this spirit is about in both Hebrew and in Greek. In the original context that we hear the spirit being referenced to the same the, the term that is being used in both of those languages is describing the spirit as a wind. But more than just a wind, it is a force. And more than just a force, it could be like a hurricane. I mean, we're not talking about just a little gentle breeze that blows by. We're talking about a a force that affects everything that it touches and everything that it encounters. And whether or not you felt a little breeze of the spirit moving and gotten goosebumps in a service before, or whether you found yourself on your face, on your hands and knees, wailing uncontrollably with groans and utterances that, that, that words can't comprehend, you know, praying on behalf of the saints. Where Whatever your experience is with the Spirit, the reality is there is something good that God desires and that God wants to do through that moment of us encountering Him. In Genesis is the first time that we hear the Spirit being mentioned. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me. I'm going to read the first few verses. Genesis chapter one. In the beginning, you all know it. God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. 
The world was formless and empty. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And then God began to speak. And as God began to speak, the Spirit began to move and take things that were formless and create form. He began to move, and in his power, he separated the waters and the land. He began to move, and whatever God spoke, the Spirit caused into being. We see the same moment taking place. We hear another time of the Spirit hovering over the waters at Jesus' baptism as he came like a dove. And the Father speaking in that moment, this is my Son in whom I love. The Spirit being present and descending on Jesus, the Son. This Trinitarian reality that we believe in and that we must engage if we're going to live the Christian life. You see, when the Spirit comes, God speaks and the Spirit moves. The Spirit shapes what is formless into form and fills what is empty and makes it full. Let me say that again. The Spirit shapes what is formless into a form, and He fills what is empty and makes it full. Spirit is our personal interaction. It is the very thing that if you've ever had that goosebumps moment, if you've ever had that conviction, if you've ever had an encounter that was a spiritual interaction in any way, shape, or form, pointed toward this this person, Jesus Christ, or His Father, Right. Then what you were feeling, what your experience was in the moment was the spirit, the presence of God in the form of the spirit. None of us have touched physically Jesus Christ. He is sitting at the right hand of the father. Right. But the spirit moves and the spirit is who we engage. The spirit is what leads us to the truth, what opens our eyes, what illuminates scripture and what allows us to be able to engage the truth. What leads us into the reality of the life that we've been called to. You see, as a, a priest about this a month or so ago, this, this, this life that we've been given, the life that we were born into, this bios life, this biological life that you and I have grown up in, is a life that ends one day. That there is a beginning and that there is an end. And the reality is, if we choose to live this life in, a, in an order that God desires, then at some point in this life, we surrender and we give ourselves wholly to Lord God. And confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, or baptize and, and, and desire to live our life following in his commands and in obedience. And he sends his spirit to live within us and to now govern our life. That it's no longer my old self, my bios life, my old nature, my own way of thinking, my own pattern of thinking that is, in, that is at the helm, that is controlling how I live my life. Now there is a new captain of the ship and now there are new hands on the wheel. And now there is this new person, the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that led Jesus Christ into his ministry that wants to invade your life and to take over and call you into the places that God has for you to go and to do things that you could never do apart from him. The spirit desires to form a life in you and to bring fullness of life to you. The spirit is this personal reality. You may, you know, ask a friend, I may ask Randall, who goes to visit a friend of ours, you know, well, how did you what, you know, what spirits were they in? What spirits was Brad in when you went to visit him? Right. How is he doing? Right. It's a common phrase in our language. And that is what was your personal interaction like with the person when you were with them? What was the spirit that they were in? And that same reality is the Holy Spirit is the personal interaction 
of God the Father and the personal interaction of Jesus Christ for you and I to experience. And friends, the things that we're talking about this morning are just a little snippet of the reality of kind of a, a, a theology, a foundation of understanding who the Spirit is. But it's so that we can spend our time worshiping God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and bringing glory to the Son for all that He has done and all that He has done in sending us His Spirit to embrace that Spirit and to be able to breathe in the goodness of God and to encounter Him is the reality of what He has for us this morning. Lisa Harris, um, a member of our congregation who's an author, came to me a couple months ago and she's like, I have this idea and it's a really big idea and I'm not sure what to do with it. So I'm coming to you. And and we began talking and she she felt, you know, the spirit kind of stirring within her. She's like, I feel like I'm supposed to collect stories of what God is doing among our people. And so we're like, love it. She's a writer, you know. Um, so we're inviting you to go to stories at vintage 242.com and share your stories of what God is doing in your life. Her, her imagining this is this opportunity to, to gather stories and to edit stories. You don't have to edit it down and make it some perfect thing for other people to read. You just, you just tell the story of what God has done or what God is doing or the interactive thing that God is doing. One of the things that I, I see all the time is what I call spiritual echoes. It's, you know, I'm reading a passage in, you know, in scripture this morning, then I turn and read a devotional and the same thing is being said. And then I sit in staff meeting and three people say the same thing. I feel like God is saying this and it's just what I like these echoes that are just not coincidence. You probably all had them. Right. And just imagine, you know, the God of all creation, the man who spoke and light came into existence like that. Think how big a spiritual echo is for him. Right. For us, we're often amazed by it. Like, oh, my gosh, you won't believe what God just did. Like, I got this echo of how he said things five times already this morning, how he's being so clear in what he's saying and what he's leading me to. And so I'm just excited that I'm encountering the presence of God and he's speaking and he's being an advocate. He's being a helper and he's guiding me to a truth. Right. And we get excited about that. Imagine how small a thing that is for God. I'm not saying you shouldn't be excited about it. By all means, be excited. But let that excitement lead you to the end of the diving board to say there must be more. There must be more of what you have in in store for me. So, Lord, I want to dive in. So whatever your encounters are, maybe they're spiritual echoes, maybe they're miraculous stories. We're not looking for people to just share their testimony. We're looking for interactions where they see the spirit move, where the spirit is guiding, where the spirit is moving. You know, I had a crazy you know, moment, I think I shared this a, a, a while back. I had a crazy moment. We're sitting in prayer on Tuesday morning and I got this weird picture of this person walking in a parking lot at Kroger. And I knew exactly what, you know, where the person was. It wasn't even the Kroger right here. It was over on 41. And um, and I felt like, you know, I'm going to go over to Kroger today and I'm going to stand in the parking lot watching for this person to come out. And I stood there about five minutes. So wouldn't you know it? Wearing the exact same clothes that I saw this lady going down the same Road to her car where I knew she parked her car. I just stood there at the beginning of that road, just waiting for her to walk out. And I stood there five minutes and sure enough, this person walked out. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. Right. I'm like, that that just kind of gave me goosebumps in the minute. But within a minute of when she came out, I was like, for the first four minutes, I was kind of questioning myself, like, what in the world am I doing? I'm just, but if I'm being a fool, I want to be a fool on fire for Jesus. Right. And then after about four minutes of that, I just suddenly had this confidence come upon me. Well, this woman's about to walk out this door. 
I had no idea what I was going to say to her or what I was going to do next. But I was just like, you couldn't convince me that she's not about to walk out. And sure enough, a minute later, she walked out right down the same road to go to her car, pushing her buggy, wearing the same clothes I saw. And I'm like, what in the world? What does God have in store for you? What stories is he writing by the pencil of your life? Because, friends, where we're lacking those stories, we're lacking the personal encounter with the living God. Perfect time. Let me say that again. Where we're lacking God, Jesus glorifying stories, we're lacking personal interaction with a living God. I love the analogy that Steve uses when he talks about the Holy Spirit. He uses a balloon. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 14 through 18. Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but instead be filled with the Spirit. A more proper translation that we have from English would be, Be being continually filled. Not just a one-time thing. Be being continually filled. The Spirit hovered over the waters and the earth was formless. And He began to move. Is that balloon full of air? Right. It's got air in it. Fair. There's air in that balloon. B. Being filled. There is more. It is not just a one-time thing. There is life that he wants to breathe into who you are. There is an expansion of your interaction with God that he wants to have with you, and it is by his spirit. When is the last time you came before the Lord and said, fill me up? Maybe we're just right here and we've like, oh, yeah, I got air in my balloon. Maybe you have not yet encountered Christ and been and received his spirit. Then if that is the case then this morning, this is a great time to invite him to come. And we'd love to pray with you and invite you to to have Jesus be Lord over your life and receive his spirit. Maybe you you prayed that prayer and maybe you encountered the spirit, you know, one time years ago and you said, OK, I've got I've got a little bit of air in me. Well, then you're here this morning to hear that the Lord says, I have more. I have I have more of who I am that wants to encounter you every day and you should be be being filled. Are we living in accordance with the reality of who God is in our lives? Are there stories that are coming about? Are there there stories that he's telling? Are there things that he's pinning out and writing as his story over your life to be read as a testimony one day? last thing I want to leave you with is when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, 
He does a work of forming us into the image of Christ. This is about shaping our character into the character of Christ. There is an awakening of the plans that he has put within us that leads us into our purpose for him and his kingdom. And there is a filling of an abundance of life that we experience a fullness of who he is. Have you ever felt empty? Have you ever felt void? These are places that the Spirit wants to come and move. This is what He wants to fill. This is where He wants to breathe and lead you to a greater life. Are there hardships that you're walking through? Are there things that are distracting you from living your God-intended, purpose-filled, fulfilled life before God? Then this morning is a great time to lay those down and just say, come and fill me up. Jesus, have your way in who we are. We give you this time. We ask that you would come. Let us encounter the reality of who you are. Open our hearts and our minds. Come in, in the beautiful way that only you can and, and, and do something beautiful, even in conviction. Where we've turned away, where we have been disaligned with you, Lord. Come and, and, as your spirit and guide us. Be our helper. Be our advocate. Be, be our counselor to walk us away from the life of, that's all about this bios nature and lead us into this, this, this life that is in you. Father, we just invite your spirit to move. We invite Jesus to be glorified. And we invite the Father to just smile over us in this time that we make it all about you. Jesus, have your way.